All right. Hello, and welcome back to Cafe All Lit, where we read depressing poetry and talk about it. Um, that's not really, um, if this is your first time here, that is not what we do, um, most of the time. But this time, as you saw in the title of the episode, we're talking Sylvia Plath. Um, specifically the man in black, or it's just titled man in black, not the man in black, but it's a fairly short poem, 21 lines. Um, it's in her collection, The Colossus. Um, and I'm going to supplement that with her poem, Daddy. Um, because I think it might provide further insight into this poem. Um, I don't really have access to the same um, databases that I did when I was in school. Um, but I couldn't really find anything written on this poem online, just doing a general search. Um, so there may be stuff out there that I just couldn't find quickly. Um, but I'm just kind of winging this off the dome, if you will, um, because I couldn't find anything. So you're going to get my thoughts on this and my thoughts only I'm gonna read it and then um, then we'll jump in man in black where the three magenta breakwaters take the shove and suck of the gray sea to the left in the wave unfists against the dun barbed wire headland of the deer island prison with its trim piggeries in huts and cattle green to the right in march ice glazes the rock pools yet snuff-colored sand cliffs rise over a great stone pit bared by each falling tide and you across those white stones strode out in your dead black coat black shoes and your black hair till there you stood filled vortex on the far tip riveting stones air all of it together um so it almost feels lazy to talk about Sylvia Plath and um, bring up death. But I do feel like I do feel like it's this is sort of a personification of of death in a way um (sighs) 
There's also... There's also... Um, an interesting um, sort of rollover into... Um, into her poem, Daddy, which was in her uh, collection, Ariel, which was published um, after she died just a couple of years later. Um, you, you do not do, you do not do any more black shoe in which I have lived like a foot for 30 years. Um... So the black shoe in the poem, Daddy, this man's also wearing black shoes. That's a pretty loose connection. Um, I'm not saying that's definitive proof of anything, but I think um, her father dying when she was young had undoubtedly had an impact on her. Um, and she also uses, I, I made a model of you, a man in black with a mind Kampf look, um, which daddy's a whole nother monster we could tackle. Um, lots of interesting comparisons. Her father was German and, um, so there's a lot of, a lot of German references and um, just very much that whole like uh, Hitler Nazi sort of thing going on in daddy which is interesting in and of itself but daddy's been done to death so I'm sure you can find plenty on that poem if you wish um, but the the man in black in the Colossus is much less talked about. Um, also, um, in in to reference Daddy one more time, Daddy, I have had to kill you. You died before I had time. She's had to kill off the thought of her daddy. The man in black, um, the black shoes. Um, so at that point, it seems like she's killed him off in her mind. Kind of whether she actually did or not, or whether, whether it's her narrating the poem, even, which I think probably she is the narrator. She herself is a narrator in that one. Um, just too much about kind of her own father built into there. Um, this is more of a vague narration. Um, it's not quite so personal to her. It doesn't seem. Um, so is the man in black, though? I think the odds are for it that it is her father who to her probably embodies death to an extent just 
because it was a very, very his death was very, very significant. I think um, from what I've read, she felt kind of almost betrayed and um, didn't really get closure from from her father's death for a long time, if ever. Um, so it would make sense that those two things, one way or another, those two things, her father's dying and just death in general, would go together for her. So this man in black, um, the narrator, whether it's Sylvia herself or just another sort of like his poetry is not poems are not always written from the perspective of the poet. It's just it can be just like fiction or whatever. It can be written from another person's perspective, uh, character, if you will. And and I think it seems to me at least that this is Plath or a character seeing death on the far shore over the near the um deer island prison um and you across those white stones um could be like over like this this uh this individual's on the other side of something So I think that has some significance to this as well. Maybe I'm reaching a little bit here. This is off the cuff, just good old analysis, um, semi-close reading, pulling in other sources, just things I've had to do before with varying success rates. Um... Where's the other one? There's another poem in here, I think, that... Where is it? That's not it. Hold on, I'll find it momentarily. Um, There's another poem called Suicide Off Egg Rock, where a man walks into the water. Um, and this character seems like this narrator seems kind of on the precipice of that. If that is death across, um, strode out in your dead black coat, black shoes, and your black hair till there you stood. Fixed vortex on the far tip. Um, vortex would be like... High wind sort of situation, right? Um, so there's like a... Whirlpool situation. Theoretical or actual. Um... Riveting stones, air, all of it together. A whirlpool sucks something in. A vortex sucks sucks whatever around it 
into the center of of the vortex, right? So this man in black that the narrator sees across is kind of feels just captured by this, even if they're out of the reach of that whirlpool. They see, and it feels like they're kind of, it feels like they're kind of caught up on the edge of it. They may get sucked into it. They may not. Um, so again, I don't think, now knowing what we know about Sylvia Plath, this kind of seemed, which I think that you, you've got to take that into consideration when you're reading um, anything written, period, I guess. that I don't know. When you're reading something by the author, you need to know that that, like sort of what that author um, has gone through, that can often provide insights. And I think knowing how Sylvia Plath ended, which was not by drowning, but she did, she did, um, she did kill herself. So I don't think it's that far fetched for this poem to be about that pull of, um, that pull of, of death on her. Um, cause she had tried to commit suicide before she even did. Um, so I'm just saying it's quite possible that she feels herself pull. She's using this analogy as like, uh, kind of like a, what's the word symbol maybe for, um, like the pull of death on her, the man in the man in black, the man in the dead black coat, black shoes and black hair fixed vortex. Um, You know, she's sort of narrator's on the precip on on like some sort of uh, edge of something. Maybe not precipice, but like some sort of like edge of something. Um, so I think that's that's what I'm gonna go with. Um, again, I don't think that's that's too far off base here. Um, That's that's all I've got. Um, Plath is an extremely interesting figure beyond. We all get caught up, and it's so easy to get caught up in how her life ended and like her struggles with depression and stuff like that. Um, I've read through probably like twenty percent of the thick biography that. Um, Heather Clark wrote that, that uh, came out just a couple years back um, and slowly making my way through it. It's, it's a thick book, dense, dense book, um, super interesting. Um, and it's weird reading about a figure like that. So who so publicly ended like you read it. You read it as a tragedy, no matter what happens before that final moment, because you know how the story ends. And I believe it was in that book, um, near the beginning, that the um, the biographer kind of urged the reader to not view her life 
as its inevitable ending. But to sort of like search for more nuance in that, because that wasn't all she was. And yeah, she wrote some depressing poems too. Just chilling language, but also it was beautiful language, right? Um, here's another poem called Lorelei. It is no night to drown in, a full moon, river lapsing, black beneath bland mirror sheen. The blue water mists dropping, scrim after scrim like fishnets, though fishermen are sleeping. See. From the nadir they rise, their limbs ponderous with richness, hair heavier than sculpted marble. They sing of a world more full and clear than can be. Sisters, your song bears a burden too weighty for the world ears listening. Here in a well-steered country under a balanced ruler. Um, That's kind of like the, like a siren's call sort of situation. So I think there's other instances in this book of the Colossus, of this idea of um, something pulling you in to a body of water, um, where you would die, potentially. So, it's not, there's, there's evidence, um, but I think some, it's nice to uh, note some of the what little positive we can come up with, I guess. And just her, her love of, of just literature and just language is, is also apparent. I think, um, there wasn't any, there hasn't really been anyone who's really written like her. She was influenced by Emily Dickinson. Um, which is something to note. Um, and I'm sure many, many others. I just can't name off the top of my head. Um, but before I go rambling for too much longer, I hope this has been an enjoyable experience, um, more or less. Maybe, um, if not a totally educational one, then perhaps an informative one nonetheless but that's all I got for now um we will be I don't want to take another I think I'm going to do another few episodes and sometime in mid-December I'll be taking about a month break until like the beginning of January um where we will pick up on season three but I'm not done with season two yet I've got I've got some more more to come more to come soon so that's all for now but until next time as always keep on reading